It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This podcast contains language that is not appropriate for children, including fucktropolis. Cum Guzzler and Betsy DeVos because we want to make America really fucking dumb. Yeah, because we want our weeders in education to not understand the difference between proficiency and growth and, or like, you know, answer, you know, just basic questions. Yeah, well, this is Donald Trump's America, so, you know, standards. It's almost like like her family may have, like, made a substantial contribution to the Trump campaign or something. I don't know. Maybe. That, that, that's how that, well, that is how it works now. So <laughs> this is the world that we live in. So who's who's sponsoring us tonight? Well, tonight's yeah. episode of the Science Enthusiast Podcast is brought to you by Nazi punching. Nazi punching, the secular equivalent of thoughts and prayers. You know why? Because it's useless. It doesn't do anything or accomplish anything, and only makes you sacrifice your own <laughs> morals. Yep. All right, so goodbye to the few listeners who are um, leaving us right now. We're sorry. You won't be missed. <laughs> I'm a, I, like, we'll, we'll be just fine without you. Anyway, hello, and thank you for listening to the Science Enthusiast Podcast. My name is Dan, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely friend, Natalie. I feel like we've done lovely before. Well, you say it with a question mark, but you can, like, you can, you can improvise if you want. You don't have to go off, off book. If it's if it's Doc, not on like, the Google Doc, I'm not going to read it. All right, fine, fine, fine. But I I was feeling like you know you could give me a little 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 love this week. Why not? <laughs> Are we gonna start? <laughs> no, you no your that voice comes out at the end. Sex voice. That's the end. Early. No, you you save right, it. You save it for who, later. Uh, like we turn work the off a little early. <laughs> that operator we voice. Do. So yeah, but you're doing it now. So all right, thanks for I giving am. the people what they want. Yeah. Well, and eventually when we have Trevor Valley back on, apparently we're going to have some sort of contest, he's, he says. <laughs> All right. I, you guys could have a phone sex operator voice off. I don't I don't know what that's going to look like or how that's going to go. Gonna, I guess, I'm like I, guess I, just, into, I just listen. Now this is like transitioning into NPR voice. It is. Yeah. It's Hello, like, this is yeah. All Things Considered. Do you want me to do a God of the Week? Um, do you want to introduce it in like an NPR voice way? And now for God of the Week. Well, that, that was, was that was not that was not very good. That was okay. Was it? it was, okay. was okay. I like I found that I found that okay. I feel like I'm on NPR right now because I'm going to be keep this super classy. Well, some um, of the so, somebody gave feedback that said that we're like NPR but with profanity. Yeah, I love that. So, I, mean, I like that. I'm, I'll take it. We're nobody's nobody's claim that we've given them cancer yet so i know like we haven't even given any anybody like herpes or i know it it's yeah i, I mean it's it's like why did i even like make an llc to protect ourselves from being sued i know in the first we, place like, we have not infected anybody yet <laughs> like, what if we're not going to get sued like what's the point of having it i know but just, it makes us it seem like official took time I know. to set up I know. Anyways, so so we have a god of the week, and it's Ishtar, the Mesopotamian war goddess. So 
she is feisty. She doesn't stand for any bullshit. So she's like, she's really cool. And she's really popular for being a strong and independent woman. So this is like, you know, one of those just nasty women in all the best possible ways. So she's a war goddess, but she's also a love goddess. So she is like, you know, hot and sexy and is really into the dudes in like a big way. Um, She has a husband and he is the one who oversees agriculture and rebirth, um, it said. But he also like every year goes and hangs out in the underworld for like a few months. As you do. As you do, because maybe like Ishtar is just a little too much for him to handle. So she, so I guess though when he's gone, she just still has a really good time doing her thing. Um, it says she's the goddess of the evening star. I don't really know what that means. And her symbol is an eight pointed star and that she's determined to like keep her star shining as long is, as a sex goddess is needed. So I think that's always, right? Everybody would that, else. I mean, would that yeah. be like, would that be like Jupiter, <laughs> like the evening is, star? Is that what is that what it is? So so that's her. That's her. <laughs> so of course it's not a star. I mean, they're. I mean, you know, yeah. they're just demonstrating their their knowledge of yeah. of science and totally. This things. is all this is all very scientific. All of it. So up there is this lady. It total. It totally fucking happened too. It happened. It, it totally like happened. So really and you never know, forget. Right. And so like the thing with her is, I mean, I I know that there was the request for like dick and vagina references obviously so i mean kind of got in there a little i yeah like i figure that she's somebody who could probably handle a golden dick right because she's really into the sex yeah i mean there so there's there's the, my golden we, dick reference because <laughs> i we we also I have, have to do it. like i almost i i wrote a blog about this but i i didn't post it this week but i have it like i know i don't know i'm i'm debating it but we there's also the the chakras have you seen that thing no, it is. What did I miss? Uh, it's some. It, well, it, apparently it's not new. I thought it, oh. but like it just went viral, and I've had a bunch of people like message me about it. But it's, uh, I don't know how to. Just, I mean, it's a dildo and mm-hmm. butt plugs and like, uh, I guess like an egg or or whatever. Uh, but there, it's supposed to be made out of crystal. But like crystal is like, like a shape but not like, like an actual like mineral itself. Yeah. So like the whole thing like doesn't make sense, but it's like they took like chakra and then like, it's like new, it's like new age pseudoscience for your vagina or, so, or your ass. Like, I mean, why not both? Like, I'm not your dad. So it's, so it's like but vagina and butt woo. Like that's just. I'm, crystal, crystal, crystal butt. Crystal butt woo. butt woo is a thing. Okay, so so maybe Ishtar would be down with that. I don't know. I don't know. But um, so next week you though, know. you know how I usually put the God story in the Google Doc, like so that if you read the Google Doc, you can technically see it. Next week's, I'm not even putting in the Google Doc because it's so good. I want you to hear it for the first time you're, when I tell it. You're making the false assumption that I even like look at the Google Doc. I know you. I yeah, yeah. I know. I know. But you will send it to me. Hey, does this look good? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. I could yeah, just write whatever. like. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Don't you care. don't care. You trust me. You trust me. We have a trusting <laughs> relationship here. Where I yeah. But next week's is going to be real good because it's I think the weirdest one that I'm that I've found so far. So everybody, stay tuned for a. <laughs> weird story <laughs> that's Come like back. that's like the worst like tease <laughs> like, ever, like 
Stay tuned. This thing might be moderately interesting. Yeah, you know, it, it, it really is. It, this story was actually given to me um, from one of our former guests, um, Matthew O'Neill, who was on the show back a while ago. We, can, and we, so, we, we should, you're supposed to say friend of the show. Oh, friend, friend, it, of, friend sound, of the show. That makes it sound cooler. Friend, he's a friend of the show, and he found me the weirdest story. So, yeah, it's really good. Um, all right, so, so that's it. Ishtar, God of the Week, and you brought in crystal butt plugs. So I think we, we covered a lot of ground here. I feel, feel good about it. Uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> Tonight, we are thrilled to be joined by Matthew Fasciani. Matthew is a sociologist, activist, and science communicator. He contributes to Pathios, which hosts his blog, According to Matthew. So welcome, welcome Matthew, to the Science Enthusiast podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So um, I always like to kind of get people's backstory when we when we have them on and talk to them. I mean, you you do a lot, obviously, like science communication, activism, you are a sociologist and you're, are you studying for your PhD or? I am. I've been in grad school a long time, but I'm still working on the PhD. Actually, if you want to go in the backstory, I actually started off in neuroscience. So I'm a bit unorthodox in uh, my background. So, okay. So you started in neuroscience and now are, are you still studying sociology for your PhD? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to kind of talk about, I guess, where, where you're, let's start with science. So since you just mentioned neuroscience, like where did your interest in science come from? Sure. Uh, I think a lot of it stemmed from college. I never really took much college or um, science in high school, actually. I wasn't the best high school student, but I was always interested in uh, learning and reading uh, on my own. And then once I got to college, I started taking Um, some science courses, like an intro to psych course, a biology course, and I loved it. I loved every bit of it. And my major in college was psychology, and I gravitated a little bit more towards neuroscience as well, and that's why I ended up going that route at first. But I was really interested in just human behavior really broadly and how we can study it scientifically. Now, that's interesting. I was a psych major in college, too. And, um, in one of our earlier episodes, we had one of my former professors on who kind of inspired awesome. the whole like um, skepticism thing because I took a I took an irrational behavior class in college that was part of my psych major and it was like you know pretty much why people believe weird things so yeah yeah awesome my specific focus is social psychology and I'm very fortunate that I'm in a graduate program that has such an emphasis on Uh, science and theory and methods, and it's very rigorous. And there's so much that uh, we focus on beyond um, some people's ideas about what sociology is that doesn't include some of the scientific aspects to it. And so um, as I was kind of looking through your website and stuff, I noticed um, some recent research that you did um, about comics and yeah. I find that pretty interesting. And I, like, I'd, I'd love for you to talk about this um, 
it's it, what was it called? Holy race and gender discrimination, Batman, <laughs> which like yeah. fantastic <laughs> title. Um, but yeah, like I I'd love to hear a little bit about you know just just some of the research that you've that you've done in your field. Yeah, um, I've again I have such a weird background, so I, I I actually did that comic book project in my neuroscience program. At the end of it, uh, my old advisor had this big Excel sheet of all the data she collected on comic books. And for whatever reason, it just never got around to getting published. And she knew I had an interest in gender and race as I was looking to go towards sociology as before I officially switched. But she's like, well, if you want to turn this into a paper, you know, go knock yourself out. And that's what I did. So I combed through the data again and try to see some patterns that were emerging and wrote up a paper. And um, that wasn't the official paper title. That was the uh, presentation one. The uh, official paper is a little bit more uh, academic sounding. Well, I, I liked I liked the catchiness of <laughs> Of, of that of the title that I was able to see on your website. Thank you. So did you did you present this somewhere, um, or was it just kind of published? And because I mean, it's, I think it's very interesting from sort of a pop culture perspective too. Like this is media that's out there, um, you know. Yeah, um, I actually presented it at a gender equality conference in New York. And what and can you maybe describe a little bit of what you found in this research? Um, sure. I mean, I guess as I looked at it, I wasn't necessarily surprised. Yeah, and that's what I would say. This research was um, pretty intuitive. It's what you might expect. Uh, white males are very overrepresented um, in all forms of the different characters. So. Um, not just in the superheroes, like the people on a title, but we looked at characters that have any sort of agency in the comic books. So if they can direct the story in any direction, and we find that overwhelmingly it's white men that are so overrepresented, where women and people of color are in much lower levels. So again, it's, yeah, you're right. It's unsurprising. And I was just kind of given this data set to turn to a yeah. paper but it was still a fun project, and I literally just got to flip through some comic books as part of my research. Yeah, and I mean, and you you figure like, chill, oh. like children, teenagers, I mean, adults, like everybody's you know reading comics, and, and you know, it just I guess at this point would make sense to have a more varied group of characters in them. I mean, I, I wonder when when it would catch up with kind of what what the world actually looks like or yeah yeah it's um it's interesting because you know I, i'm not actually a, a big comic books person or uh it wasn't really my idea to study this but i as i jumped into it i got really interested in how comic books and media more broadly can represent where we are as a culture and kind of just ex and tell us about different subcultures too so it's interesting from that perspective, sociologically, but also psychologically, it's interesting because how people are affected when they consume this media. So if you're growing up and all you see as in your comic books um, are characters that look like you happen to always be the janitor, well, how's that going to impact you and your view of the world? Well, yeah, that, I mean, that's that's what I think is interesting to to kind of put out there that you you want kids to be able to 
look at books and look at media and be able to kind of envision themselves in so many different roles, I would think. Um, and so for it to be so homogenous, um, you know, it's just kind of a bummer that there's not, there's not a more varied like cross section of, of identities that are out there to see, but, but maybe yeah. change will occur. <laughs> Perhaps. I hope so. Um, um, I think yeah, it, it I recently, know, right? and it has gotten better. It has gotten a lot better. I mean, the, the, the stuff I was looking at was from around 2006, I think, to like yeah. 2010. And even in the past five years, it's gotten way better. So, and this is way better than like the 50s and 60s. So, we yes. definitely see progress. <laughs> well, even I, the other day, I, I saw somebody post somewhere on social media, like how, um, even like Barbies are changing a little bit now. Like they have different um, like body type Barbies as mm. opposed to just the like, I guess the one that I had when I was a kid, you know, that had, like is freakish in, in, in her body type sort of. Um, yeah, it doesn't so, even look so human. That doesn't even look human. I mean, her she's like standing on her tiptoes, like the ones yeah. I had. So because she her feet were made only for high heels, because that's all that women wear, I guess, are high heels. <laughs> but um, but now I guess maybe they're they're trying to change things in a way that um, you know, Barbie. I mean, I I still I don't I don't have. Well, yeah, I haven't bought a Barbie in a while, but <laughs> I think that um, I think that that toy companies and things that are geared towards kids sometimes are trying to to maybe maybe change the narrative a little bit with it, and hopefully so. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, and I I know that for you, um, your like gender equality activism is one of your interests, right? And one mm -hmm. of the things that you're doing. So can you maybe yeah. talk a little bit about your work with that? Sure. So I guess I can kind of back up to my origin story of how I even kind of got into activism and then kind yeah. of grow from there. Um, I wasn't too involved in activism as a college student. I became more of an activist when I moved to South Carolina and I realized I felt very out of place as an atheist living in the Bible Belt. So, yeah. yeah, it was kind of a culture shock for me to move somewhere where I was just everywhere. The These sort of conservative and religious values were so prevalent in my region. So I started to look for um, a secular group that I could join. And I joined the Secular Student Alliance group at my school. And from there, my activism just kind of took off because luckily there was some really awesome students in this group and they were always involved in all sorts of social justice activities. And one of the areas was feminism. Another area obviously was a separation of church and state. But it really got me thinking about so many concepts that I studied a little bit in college because I also took some sociology classes that talked about this. But it wasn't until I really started to learn about these uh, concepts like privilege and the different advantages and disadvantages that people have that I felt more inclined to try to help out. Yeah. And, and so is there any, like, are there any, um, I guess, causes or events that you, that you found really shaped your act, like your activism um, or that stick out for you as really like meaningful experiences? 
Yeah, there's been a few. I've been really lucky to work with some really awesome activists in South Carolina. So that's another thing I'd want to say is that, like, I know the South Carolina and the South in general um, kind of have a bad reputation. And a lot of time it's deserving. But there's some really wonderful people here that are really trying to make a difference. So it's important to remember that there's a lot of great progressive minded people around these areas trying to make them better. And for me, um, I try to support the women's equality groups in South Carolina. So I was working with a group um, a couple years ago, and we were all fighting this bill that tried to ban abortions at 20 weeks because the premise was that fetuses can feel pain. So we're, we constantly see this pop up. But just, just recently uh, with Ohio is trying to pass that absurd bill with the, the heartbeat oh, bill. Oh yeah, yeah I know. I, I wanted to br- yeah. I wanted to bring this up with you guys because yeah. yeah, they like that's ha- like that's that's is it is going, it actually happening? It's going. I think forward. it needs a like, signature. He can, yeah, he has to. He can either veto or sign it, and if he signs it, it's going to be a colossal waste of money because it's not it's not constitutional. It's not going to hold up, and the ACLU is going to sue the shit out of them. And they're going to win too. Is the other thing. So it's 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 completely ridiculous, especially when you consider most women don't even know they're pregnant until what, like midway through their first trimester. Well, well, yeah. Maybe. I mean, that's that's the issue too. It's like they, yeah, these people like they they don't know that they're pregnant, and especially if you're not trying yeah. to conceive, like you're, yeah, you probably don't like just don't know. And also, <laughs> it is it's not. It is not up to them to choose um, what a woman does with a pregnancy. So there's that too. Uh, so yeah. So we we still live in times where we're, I guess, needing to have our eyes open and fight these battles. So so Matthew, that so that's so that's something obviously that's on your radar. Yeah, definitely. So in South Carolina, unfortunately, we do deal with that and. And one of the experiences I had, I was trying to fight, it was a 20-week ban. So compared to this six-week ban, it actually doesn't even seem so bad. But it was still just completely based on pseudoscience, too. So I I went in there and I testified against my local Senate and Congress, and I told them the science behind this bill, that there's no evidence that fetuses feel pain. And I gave them the articles to read. And it was interesting just how dismissive uh, they were of the evidence. So for me, you know, coming from this scientific background, I'm like, oh, I'll just show them the facts and they'll listen right. to me. <laughs> it was oh, so, so, na- so naive of me. <laughs> how, did that, how did that go? Yeah. It did not go well at all. Um, <laughs> you know, the most pro-life um, legislators were so dismissive and this, uh, it was so interesting because this one guy in particular, um, Lee Bright, who thankfully did not get reelected, but he's super conservative, um, I remember he asked me if um, I watched this uh, the Silent Scream documentary, which is this this total propaganda bullshit documentary that has no no scientific basis. And I told him that you know it wasn't science, and he was just like, "Well, I saw this documentary, so you know, you have your papers, <laughs> I have my documentary, it's all equal." Right. Because because documentary the, means yeah. facts all the time, like that's it, just pure facts always. Yeah. That's it. Uh, according oh. to this guy, 
Yeah. And the same guy, um, he asked, there was an abortion doctor that testified after me. He asked this guy, the, the doctor, if while performing an abortion, if the baby ever tried to run away mid-abortion. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. This is, hold on. Does this guy know anything about babies? Like, uh, or not. about people? Or, I mean... Like, I mean, if that happened, I think we probably would have seen that in some newspaper somewhere. And, like, and we also wouldn't baby, be doing abortions like, anymore. I, w- I would be, I would be like, on board with, with. Yeah, we probably shouldn't abort kids. But something that, that could run away. Something that is sentient, is aware of its surroundings, is mobile. Okay, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sitting here, like mouth open. Like that is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. Yeah, and this is I, the guy writing the laws for women. So it's holy pretty scary. Shit, that is that's terrifying. I and wow. I, I think that's that's just the narrative for the history of of law. This is a guy writing the laws for women. I think that that's just the best summary you can give for any 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 sort of discussion about women's rights or women's, I mean, body autonomy. Yeah, I mean, it's sadly common. Like, this guy said something outrageous, but, I mean, it happens all the time. What was it with Todd Akin said that women could just shut the whole thing down, right, if they're being sexually assaulted <laughs> oh, and they'll get pregnant. that's right. <laughs> you just, you just shut it down. Rape. Yeah, yeah, legitimate rape. That was his, his terminology. Oh, so if it's a legitimate is, rape, the body has processes that can shut it down. Like, oh, right, that's, yeah, okay. Like, it's like you just want to tell all of these guys, like, that's just not how it works. Like that is not how ed- like how ed- anything. anything and I and, and I guarantee and... some of some of these people would would be the same people that their you know their best friend decides that she's going to have an abortion. They're going to ju- find ways to justify that. Be like, well, she's different. She's you know she you don't know her background. You don't know her story. She's different. Yada yada mm-hmm. yada yada yada. The, the same exact people that can justify that because because it's somebody that they know because it's somebody that they're close to and that they're friends with and and well that makes it okay. But then nobody nobody else should do it. But this one time that's okay. And I think that's kind of an overarching narrative that, that you can apply to most things that a lot of I grew up Catholic that a lot of Catholics did is we're, we shouldn't be doing this one thing but they're good people i know them i know them well and you know we'll just let this one slide and it's okay just this one time yeah it's unfortunate to see this sort of mental gymnastics and rationalization that people will do to justify their bigotry or bad ideas and that's actually my main area of study so i try to look at why this occurs and how can we prevent this and correct it? Because I find it fascinating, but also depressing because, you know, here's a real world example of some guy getting prevented, being presented with evidence, scientific evidence is a stack of articles I gave him. And he's just like, well, I saw this documentary, fetuses run away, like just absurd things. And um, he's able to do the gymnastics in his head and keep going along. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's what I wanted to, to talk to you about too, is because like, the the psychological aspects of of religion and belief are are pretty fascinating because they then inform the practices that people make in just regular life whether it's politics or daily life and, that are affecting people as a whole so like what what keeps people going back to these just deeply held beliefs and because i mean 
it it doesn't seem like it's going away either. No, but, you know, no, it's not. Um, and there's there's a lot of things. So it, it's such a complicated issue. And I feel like if we just even just focus on religion, um, there are some very positive psychological benefits to being religious. It can help you reduce uncertainty and anxiety and create meaning. Whenever something bad happens, you can be like, well, God has a plan for me. And that's a really powerful feeling to have. So that alone is something that we need to consider whenever we're talking about religious people and why they believe. You're really trying to change their worldview and how they see, how they justify how and why events happen. Yeah. But beyond that, there's this whole community aspect too. So you have this powerful positive belief and then all of your friends believe the same thing and they validate your beliefs. So you create this whole network of people that formulates your identity. And that's really the crux of, I think, why we see these uh, beliefs perpetuate. A lot of it falls back to identity. And identities are just a way for us to navigate our environments and our social worlds. So it's really hard if you have this identity as a religious person or even as a conservative or a Democrat. And someone tells you, no, your entire worldview is wrong. That's a very threatening feeling. And we don't yeah. want to accept that. So we need to figure out ways to mitigate that uh, defensive feeling that people have. Right, because nobody wants to be kind of, you know, with this community and then all of a sudden like out on their own little island by themselves because that's scary and lonely. And then they they lose that well, whole bit can, of. Yeah, and you can look, you, you, I mean, this in a very extreme example, uh, when you look at Scientology and people who leave Scientology, like they are literally shunned like they 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 don't exist anymore and and for to a lot of people i can i can understand how that is terrible you have these people who you've grown to know and trust and love and now all of a sudden you're completely on your own in you know in, in your circle of friends and and how that goes and so i guess is there like is there a way I mean, obviously, like, you know, we're not going to wake up tomorrow and everyone's going to be it's going to be a secular nation and like, you know, reason prevails and all of that. But is there a way to show people that there is like hope and community and all these good things without uh, like needing a supernatural belief? I think so. There's lots of work within the secular movement of people trying to explain how we can have community and hope and meaning. Uh, a lot of the uh, humanist circles really focus on this. So it's like, okay, we don't believe in God, now what? So I think that there is sort of a replacement there. Um, and obviously there's atheists who have community and are happy. So it's possible, <laughs> like we see this yeah. happening. Yes. But as far as getting people to transition, that's the real trick is they're, you're asking them to reject their entire worldview and beliefs that their friends and family uh, really respect them for and validate them. And yeah, I think people so. expect things like that to happen overnight or suddenly or, you know, over the course of just a few days or a few conversations. And I think what, like, with any sort of change, that meaningful change that's, that's going to be lasting, it's going to be gradual. It's, it's going to be incremental. It's not going to be just more often than not, suddenly 
now somebody is is out like that. And so I think it's it's important to still interact with with people who, you know, if you're trying to work on them to get them to, to change that, to, to interact w- with them in a positive manner and, in, you know, help them ease that transition into a more, I guess, secular worldview. Yeah. Secular, yeah, I think so. ra- like rational, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily even have to be atheism like i'm an atheist but i don't think that everyone has to be an atheist to have a better world i think that we can if everyone was secular we would have a much better world so if we could kind of remove the uh yeah religion from politics as we see with abortion for example like that stuff like i think we'd all be a lot better off if uh we could find a way to separate the two Well, that I think that I think right now in our in our country, especially here, it's like I think that's that's the first step. Like, can we can we have Mm -hmm. church and state just, you know, do their own things? Like, because really, like I I know that even in like the near future or a little bit distant future, people are not going to like belief is not going to be absent. Like belief in supernatural beings is not going to disappear. But if if that could, you know, stop if we could kind of stop mixing up, you know, religion and, and government, that'd be cool. Like if the, the kind of anti-science side of things could, could just calm down a little bit. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like agree. That, and, and so it, it just seems like sometimes like, I mean, there's, there's so much evidence out there for, for even like, something basic like evolution but then mm-hmm. religion gets in and and still continues to muddy the the waters of what people believe like the when people believe so strongly in religion and they reject science like is that i mean i imagine that probably frustrates you from the point of view of <laughs> like a scientist <laughs> it, it does and again it's it's frustrating but i feel like for me it helps to try to think sociologically and psychologically where they're coming from and again that they come from this they use their identities to navigate the world and so whenever you prevent or present uh, uh creationists with evidence for evolution that threatens everything they know about the universe or what they think they know about the universe so it's very scary to them so you have to do it in a way that's going to not completely destroy their worldview and still kind of have them in a way that they can absorb some of it. And there are, there's been some, this is recent research trying to look at different ways that we can have people more accepting of evidence that goes against their identity. Creationism is pretty tough because it's so strong, yeah. but yeah. but other ones, more political beliefs that aren't so central to how people view the, the you know, reality. Um, there's been some evidence that uh, there are ways to to fix it. Yeah, because because I, I guess that's that's one of the questions, right? Like, how do we have conversations with people who don't mm-hmm. agree with us? Like, how how do we have sort of a civil discourse? And and maybe hopefully every once in a while, help somebody rethink their worldview. Yeah, it's tricky, and this is something that. Um, I've been thinking about a lot, especially since the election. Uh, yeah. And given my research areas too, I feel like 
it's necessary to have these conversations, especially if we look at the psychology. Uh, that basically, the psychology in a nutshell is like people can't change their mind if they're feeling defensive. So as frustrating as it is to talk to someone that's spouting off some racist or sexist things, just calling them a racist, sexist and yelling at them is actually not going to change their mind. So it, it's, it's frustrating because we're going to be very upset by the stuff that they're saying. But if the goal is to reduce bigotry and polarization, we need to try to have some mutual understanding and empathy and respect. So I think that's personally one of the ways forward. It's not the only way forward. Other people, um, you know, by being very strong in the rhetoric and creating a lot of awareness can also be really beneficial, such as protesting or other different ways. But for me personally, something that I'm going to try to do is have more conversations with people that I disagree with and try to have some mutual understanding, respect, try to see where we're coming from, because that's when we're better able to absorb information that goes against their identity because we don't feel as threatened and we're not as defensive. So I think if the goal is on a micro level to change someone's mind, we have to treat them with respect, with empathy, be direct in what we mean to say, and try to connect to them on a personal level on why this is important to us. Yeah, because I mean, everybody, you know, holds holds strongly to, to what they believe and what makes their own identity. And I guess we have to, as much as we can, look at that person across from us, even though we have different beliefs, but like look at them as just another person, right? Who, you know, has a lot that they care about, but I don't know, sometimes, sometimes it's hard, right? Like, it is for sure. Especially like, I mean, the climate in the past, what, like how long has it been a month and a bit since, uh, since the yeah. big day, since it all, we've made it like a half hour on the record without saying his name. Let's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's but it it has it's been it's been an interesting time in that these questions have really started coming up even more is mm -hmm. it's just how do we communicate and and also like do we always have to engage with people who who don't agree with us can we like create like I mean I don't know because I because I know I guess I'm kind of guilty of it sometimes where like if I look at my Facebook like friends and stuff it's it is pretty it's a it's kind of an echo chamber that I have mm -hmm. on my like, you know, personal page I, because. And I, th you, but see, that's at the same time, you need a space like that. You need a place yeah. where you right. feel comfortable around other people or else you're, I don't know, bad things are going to happen, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you have to be aware that that's the situation that oh, you're in. Yeah. I, I'm aware that my newsfeed is predominantly memes and, and, you know, and things like that. Like, and, and obviously a lot of what people would consider to be left leaning thoughts and, and posts, but I'm aware that that's, I mean, Facebook yeah. and, and whatever media you're using is showing you what you want to see. So that you keep using their product. So the, that's the danger is you, is those people who don't think in those terms or aren't concerned on that level. Yeah. So I guess just like being aware of your own um, echo chamber is good. <laughs> and, yeah. and then to try to educate yourself outside of that too, of what the other side of the world sees. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. I think it's really important to have a space 
for yourself, like Dan said, I think it's totally fine to admit that we need self-care sometimes. Like that's a good thing. That's all really great things. And I'm never going to disparage someone if they just want to have an echo chamber. I think it's just whenever we think about changing other people's minds, then we have to uh, engage with people we might not have in our Facebook friend feed, for example. And that's totally okay. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, I feel like I I have the I have the Science Moms uh documentary page for for engaging with all all different sorts of of people outside of my echo chamber. So, yeah. so we all we all have our spaces for both. Right, I guess. exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess I'm curious at this point, like what are what are some of your like future like if you had some like dream topics to <laughs> research and and study, like what what are you interested in moving forward? Gosh, there's so many. Um, I think right now it is kind of along a lot of these same lines, uh, really parsing out the mechanism of how we can get people to accept identity-threatening information. That's really the crux of what I'm studying right now for my PhD. So I'm lucky that I'm kind of studying the exact thing that I would choose if I had an opportunity to choose pretty much anything. And that's what I'm working on. Uh, I just collected some data uh, for my master's thesis. Um, results didn't exactly come back the way I wanted to, but um, I guess I won't talk about that too much right now since um, it's not. Um, but that means out no. That, that all that means all that means is you change the results to be what you want. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because <laughs> that, that, that's how it works. Gosh, no, it's still cool. That's and, yeah. I yeah. it was still great to to do science and get a, a result. Like null results are still results, and they're still cool. Yeah, I mean you're you're do you're doing science, so that's that's cool, right? Like that's if you're a scientist, that's the dream, right? To do science and then to talk about it, and and actually, there's some some rumblings that you might be having a podcast of your own. Is that <laughs> is that true? Those rumblings <laughs> are true. So I hope to do have a podcast of my own. Also, it's going to be called According to Matthew, like my blog, because I couldn't think of anything more creative. To be oh, but, honest, I really think that's good. I really that's think you re- need to. You I like to, that. I think, I think you need to somehow involve your last name because you could you could have a lot of fun with that. Or at least fun with people trying to pronounce it. <laughs> oh like gosh! Oh, you... Because I, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'm just. I just expect it. Like it's it's totally fine. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to starting this pod. It seems overwhelming, like just the technical part and just taking time to do it. But I think it will be fun. Honestly, if 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 we could do it, <laughs> if the two of us are able to to do a podcast, you could definitely do a podcast. We are. It took yeah. me. I spent. Right, Dan. <laughs> I spent maybe an entire week trying to figure out how to get it hosted, like on my own website, <laughs> and then because I was like, "Damn it, I'm already paying for a website. I can do this." And then it got to a point where I was just like, "I can't. I cannot do this." So that's that's when we uh, jumped on the Libsyn train. And that's yeah. what, what, I mean, comparatively, <laughs> Lipson is incredibly easy to get things set up and going and they are not paying, they need to be paying me to say this and mention their name. But, yeah. I've heard but, other people no, like it. So I might actually try that one too. 
Yeah, I've I've heard only good things. But no, it's like it's fun and it's cool and like honestly, it'll just give you another excuse to talk to like your friends and interesting people and and yeah, because I I really think that the more of these conversations that get put out into the world, like you never know who's going to come across them. Mm-hmm. Like you never know if somebody like say who's living in the South and feels alone is going to listen to this to you talking about living in South Carolina and feel like oh. I am not the only person in this situation. Let me go, you know, find some like-minded people. Like, you you just never know when something like this or a conversation you have will connect with somebody. So, yeah. Yeah. I think one of the first podcasts I've ever, I was ever on, um, I was actually talking about some of my gender equality activism and... I got an email a couple days after it was online from this guy. uh, I forget what state it was from, maybe Nebraska, saying that he was raising four daughters and he really appreciated some of what I was talking about, gender equality, because he was never really exposed to feminism too much. And now he's going to take some of my ideas and use it in how he raises his children to be more egalitarian. And that was just like overwhelming to hear that. Just some some things that I was talking about on this podcast could have such an impact on this guy listening. So after that, I've been um, just in awe of the um, the change that people can have from having dialogue and talking about ideas. And yet you're right. You'll never know who's listening. And if you can have a positive impact on one person, it's worth all the time and energy. Totally. So um, if people, after they've listened to this, like want to like – hear more from you on the internet, where can they find you? So I have my blog, According to Matthew, on Pathios. I try to write there pretty regularly where I cover topics of religion, politics, science, social justice. You can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, my last name is Fasciani, so I guess just try to see the text and copy and paste it in the Google if you're listening to this. And uh, we'll, have, we'll have links to everything <laughs> okay. in the notes. Okay, Absolutely. cool. So yeah, all the, all the links, you can find me all the places. I'm always talking about these types of things. And, you know, I'm interested in talking to people from diverse backgrounds to try to have mutual understanding. And, you know, you can follow my research that I'm doing. I try to post updates about that too. I'm also on my Facebook. So I'm all over the internet and I try to take what I learn and share it with as many people as I can. Well, thank you for uh, sharing all of this with us tonight and we hope to have you back again sometime and uh yeah thank you and good luck with your own podcast we will we'll be listening great thank you so much yeah it was a lot of fun talking (laughs) to you guys thank you for having me on you're welcome This week, the reason we love the internet is a statement that probably wouldn't make much sense like 10 years ago because of a hashtag in Twitter. And I mean, uh, I don't like either, but this one is actually good. So like, you know, so yeah, whatever. It, it is it's good. The I, hashtag yeah. it's yeah, it's, it's good. It's hashtag actual living scientist. Yeah, so I like I noticed this popping up. Um, I was it yesterday or the day before or something. But it's all different. Just I mean, if you click on the hashtag, it's a fuck ton of scientists just 
tweeting what like what they do, like a picture of themselves. Like, um, I mean, the first one that came up when I just clicked on the link or the hashtag here is some guy named Lewis Bartlett. I'm an actual living scientist researching honeybees and disease evolution. Um, and then he also has sometimes dress like a woman, that hashtag, but not sure that's what Trump meant. So he makes a beautiful woman um, next to his honeybee. I, 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 I did him? not catch the, the whatever, the dress like a woman. Like what was, what's that about? Yeah. So see, I'm, I'm trying to figure, I, Donald Trump in some context, right? Did he say something about dressing like? dressing like a woman and then everybody started being like pretty much saying well well i guess it's you know just a classic like fuck you donald trump right because we need to say that in some way or another there's so much there's so much to keep up with it yeah i have to say like i saw the i kind of saw the hashtag pop up and then just you know made some assumptions as to what that was about but yeah it, it is very difficult to keep up with um what it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, yeah. And I'm just going through and just retweeting all of these because. Cause it's just not? cool. Yeah. Re- seriously. I've, I've been, I've been kind of retweeting um, them as I've seen them from friends and stuff over the past few days, like Trevor Valley, um, one of our friends of the show, friend, right? Friend of the show, friend of the show. Like, you know, he's a paleontologist. Um, another friend of the show, Michael is a scientist um, who actually I'm, friends within real life too and i have retweeted his you know actual living scientist and i don't know i just this is just a cool like scroll through the hashtag for people because it just shows all the very you know diverse fields and and actually i am noticing a lot of dress like a woman crossover in this too which which i'm digging also so that's cool yeah yeah and of course we'll have a link like to the actual See, like the, again, like statement that would not make sense like 10, 15 years ago. I will have a link to the Twitter hashtag search. So, I, I don't know. I don't know what any of this is. I yeah, you, you're like, I'll just have a link to the Twitter. I'll have a link to the Twitter for the kids. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm supposed to say, twi- uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me everywhere on the internet. Yeah. But, but yes, everybody take a look through actual living scientist or hashtag actual living scientist and, um, you know, retweet it, like them share them, whatever people are doing. And uh, yeah, I think just any cool ways to sort of celebrate science right now, right? That's rad. And give credit to the people who are doing awesome things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you made it this far, thank you for listening to this week's episode. If like you have it inside you, like deep down, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on iTunes or Stitcher or something really cool i don't even know about uh, you can reach out to us at podcast at a science enthusiast.com check out our full archive at science enthusiast podcast.com uh you can also check out our patreon i guess pages page i don't know uh, at patreon.com slash ts tse podcast or a science enthusiast to get access to premium content, extended interviews, we're doing a live video of this record right now, so you get to see all the shit that like I cut out because <laughs> I don't know how to talk like a normal human being, and you know, and you could also see like the cool shirt that I'm wearing, and you would see like my new haircut, which like it looks good. It looks good. I feel good. a little Richard Spencer ish, <laughs> and I didn't realize that until like 
I got done. Well, actually, no, I realized that when she got done because she like cut up a little too high and she goes, well, how does it look? And I'm like, look like a Nazi. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, uh, You're like, I, you gave uh, me the Richard Spencer. Thank you. <laughs> right. Like I did. This, that's not the look that I wanted to go with, but I mean, no, no, I, you know, I, you're, you don't look full Nazi. I don't no. look full Nazi. You don't but look full Nazi. of course, Nazi. because I say we shouldn't punch Nazis. Then uh, you you just are. You are. It's not even a look thing. It's like your hair could look totally different it means, and they'd say it means the same I'm thing. A, yeah, it means I'm a Nazi. Uh, yeah. But, you know, if uh, so if you if you want to support, like, I guess, Nazi supporters, <laughs> are we, we going to call ourselves that now? No, no. Is this my not. life? This Well, this is our life, and it's, it's really strange that we've gotten to this point. I mean... This is but where like, we are. You could. In, I mean, that would make you as cool as Sarah, James, Chris, Amanda, Bruce, Felix, Michael, 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 Alice, and friend of the show, Trevor Valley. Really, we would be incredibly grateful. Yeah. Um, so, uh, f- fancy a quote? I can't say that. I have to say hit us with a quote, don't I? Yeah. yeah hit yeah. us with a quote. <laughs> I try, I try, see, I try to be different. That's but yeah. I'll hit you with a quote. Um, we are our own dragons as well as our own heroes, and we have to rescue ourselves from ourselves. And that is um, my one of my favorite authors, Tom Robbins. Again, I've used him before. Not not a science guy. Not a like you know atheist guy. It doesn't. But it doesn't have it to do, be science. It doesn't. Or it doesn't have to because I. You think know why? That, why? Because it's our fucking show. Goddamn. That's it. true. That's true. And but actually, I think we have show autonomy. We do. We do, and we can do whatever the fuck we want. And I think though that quote is is pretty appropriate in this this time. So so yeah, you're right. We we can do what we want to do. Yes. I'm a strong independent show. We are a strong independent show, and we'll be back next week with another show. And actually, I think next week it's the one um you did an interview without me. And oh, I did. You did. You did an interview um focusing with, like, on. Yeah. Like the coolest name person that I think I've ever talked to, Shaughnessy Naughton. She is the founder of uh, the uh, PAC 314 Action, which is a organization and organization that is focusing on uh, advocating for silence. Science? Not silence, but science. Don't don't silence the science, Dan. Don't silence the science. Right. But also... uh, helping scientists transition into being politicians so we're going to talk about that and that will be great or was great i mean it already happened i guess since natalie again like we're in the mystique of the show and so we are going to close out this episode uh with uh i guess a promo of uh one of one of our favorite podcasts scathing atheists uh, they had me and Natalie, Natalie and I, god damn, like this is why we edit. We did the intro to the show because I always do a Farnsworth quote about evolution. So we did that. So we will close out what we did for them. So thank you for listening. See you guys next week. This is Natalie and Dan of the Science Enthusiast podcast. Despite what you may have heard, we don't really think there was much intelligence put into our design as humans. I mean, if we were intelligently designed, then why is it necessary to cut the end of baby's dicks off? And then proceed to have a rabbi perform oral sex on the child? I mean, what is this, a Catholic church or something? Which is why we assure you that we did, in fact, evolve from filthy monkey men. This podcast contains language that is not appropriate for children, including fucktropolis, cum glove... Oh, I can't.
can't even talk. I can't even say cum guzzler. Why can't I say that word? What kind All of right. what kind of oh. like Why can't podcaster are you? I know. I like, yeah. We, I we do this. We stuff. do this just just to be edgy, so that we can get the explicit tag. So like the okay. kids will think we're we're cool. We're cool. I know the kids. It's all about the kids. Okay. So this podcast contains language that is not appropriate for children, including fucktropolis. You want to try that again? I do. One more time. I want. I want to try it as many times as possible. And yeah. The music you heard tonight was written and performed by Adam Johnson and was used with his permission. You can contact Adam at adamjohnsondc at gmail.com. This podcast is property of Not Narrow or Straight LLC. All rights reserved. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.